0: Good morning and welcome to the latest episode of BetFair's Wade in podcasts Coming to you at our usual recording time of midday on Monday, most of the weekend. and Not so much of a jam-packed show, little bits and pieces to pick up on with the usual boys of Tony Calvin, Brendan Duke and Kevin Blake. We'll be going through the racing performances and some news stories too. One in particular, which is pretty shocking and doesn't seem to have had that much coverage. So stay tuned for that. Before we go any further, don't forget Rachel Blackmore's Serial Winners Fund is building throughout the season. And is currently at 160000 She would have added to it this weekend. uh, But unfortunately, she's been suspended. She did miss out on a winner. But as a result, it stays at 160000 She'll be back in action very shortly and hopefully adding to that fund, which of course is for the Irish injured Jockeys and the injured Jockeys Fund over here in England. And we'll wrap up on National Day at Aintree. Right, before we get stuck into some of the big performances from the weekend, let's say hello to the boys. Kevin, I shall start with you today, sir. Uh, how are you? How was your weekend? Did you enjoy the Super Bowl?
1: I did, I did, I did a weekend of two halves, had some had had a funeral to go to early in the weekend, but um yeah. Picked up last night. Uh tradition of mine to watch the Boston Super Bowl. Don't follow it all the year, but uh um, tune in for the big one and enjoy that. And I've very much enjoyed it. Um great spectacle, half time show, moderate. Um but yeah Patrick Mahomes and the Swifties come out on top. magnificent. <laughs>
0: magnificent i saw quite a few racing racing folk there on social media getting
1: started. i did see that actually yeah 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 would yeah. be uh, it'd be so bad it's not easy to get in there now like i was reading i think you're you're, you're you're certainly looking at eight or nine grand to get any sort of seat there i believe so uh,
0: yeah, a few yeah. jockeys from uh all sorts of different corners of the world and a few owners as well enjoying themselves uh brendan duke i had a very wholesome weekend what would you describe your weekend as
2: Yes, they're pretty awesome. I'm in Ghent, Belgium, uh, this weekend. So I've been looking around. But you, you, you can't throw stones for hitting a church around here. So i have be looking around in some medieval architecture. But um, you just you just can't turn your back on this game, Vanessa, can you? I mean, I I, I look away for a weekend. Billaway joins the 101 club. Charles Burns having handicap winners at 16 to 1, and a 200
0: to 1 goes in. I mean, it's just never stops, does it? The game never stops. The great game. Can't tell you about you right, Brendan. God forbid you should take a holiday. Is that a Valentine's Day holiday, Dara? Eh, yes, actually, I didn't
2: think. Of it. Yes, it is a Valentine's Day. That's exactly it. So there's no, there no need for any greater expense for Valentine's
1: Day. Right? It's, on, it's on Wednesday, Brendan. Maybe get her a car. Okay. <laughs> he's, just,
0: he's just taking a little morning sip of his vodka tonic. He's on his Valentine's Day. He gets raised living his best life. TC, what are you doing for Valentine's Day now that we're on the topic?
3: I don't know actually, but I like Brendan's idea of getting it in two days earlier when it's cheaper. Yeah.
0: I like, yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh did you have a successful weekend in terms of the racing, T C?
3: Yeah, it was all was okay. Yeah, yeah. Come out come out mildly in front, so we'll sell for that.
0: Hey, we'll always take mildly in front for sure. TC, let's start with you. Let's get stuck into the weekend review. And we will look at Shishkin winning, of course, the Denman chase at Newbury. Good card at Newbury. Nice performances from some pretty big names as well. He was probably the headline act though. We spoke about it, obviously, on Racing Only Better, about what was his right price, given his profile, given the fact he was going to win the King George, given the does he jump off issue. And of course, he put all of that to bed. But it wasn't a 10 out of 10 performance, I think, has been summarized by his trainer and others.
3: No, he was really weak in the market, um, especially in the morning. He I think he hit two point one, I thought I saw Betford tweet out. So um, eleven to ten it was obviously massive considering the, the class armies he had on there. But obviously that had to factor in the fact that he might have jumped off. But yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a ten out of ten performance. You know, he was niggled out. You know, Hitman was looked to be travelling all over him at one stage. But as with Shiskin does, once he once he gets on a roll. And uh, then you know he's ultimately very impressive. Now, what to make of the form? I'm not so sure. If you think Hitman's returned to his right effort, then it's a decent performance. But through protector, at it. it's you can't rate it that highly. But uh, I know Dan Barber's been bashing the uh, the Shishkin Gold Cup drum for a while now, uh, and I just think uh, yeah, he's he's got a live one still, hasn't he? Uh, I mean, he's eight to one with the sports book. He's a little bit bigger on the exchange win only. But yeah, I can totally see it and um you know, they've done remarkably well to get that horse back, didn't they? I mean that from that champion chase run two years ago and um an underwhelming tingled creep run afterwards and that obviously that refused to race at Ascot, But um, yeah. Um I'd probably have him as the, the main British hope um in front of Long Presse at the moment. But uh, yeah, he's obviously he's obviously not totally straightforward, but like I say, once Nico does get him rolling, he's uh, he does respond.
0: Well, he's unchanged off the back of that win at eight to one for the Gold Cup, Kev, and he certainly adds a bit of spice to the proceeding, doesn't he? In that race, in terms of his quirks, his ability, his record, his reputation, yeah, you know, it's going to be. He, he provides a lot of talking points coming into the Gold Cup.
1: Uh, he does, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fairness, like Tony says, hard to quite put your finger on what he's done here. Um, but look, if he's been a, a top-class horse all his life, um, you know, getting getting on in years, he he has been creaking a little bit for a couple of years, but Nicky seems to have him in a good place at the minute. Um, seems to be behaving himself again after what I suppose is increasingly looking like a bit of a blip at Ascot in November. And then, yeah, hopefully he gets there in good shape. Um, because we um we need as much depth as we can at these big races, and and he will add greatly. Um. But my main takeaway from the race now, Vanessa, as a, as a as as an old plotter at heart, I did um I, I did pause in 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 commiserations for the runner up and Paul Nichols, who um hitman had been not in the best of form and um the British handicapper had sent him into one of his um now very common rating nosedives, and if um, he's been dropped kind of four or five pounds a run and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the handicapper does with him here he seems to have you know if you want to read it um, the way it looks he'll be getting the shot back up a bit after this and he would have um, he would have been some chance in the festival plate if um, if he'd if he'd done things a little bit differently <laughs> <laughs> well, I think now he might be a little bit of no man's land now with a view to his Cheltenham targets
0: Mm, interesting, we'll have to wait and see what the handicapper does do with them as TC points out, you know, he came there travelling Um, Intriguing for Hitman, keep tabs on him Brendan, let's talk about Edward Stone because if Shishkin's performance left us all a little bit like oh, maybe not what we wanted Edward Stone's performance left us all saying wow, you know, change of tactics from him revelation type territory in the game spirit in terms of versus the performance we saw him in- uh, over further, obviously, the drop back and trip, the change of tactics, the way in which he jumped, and Tom Cannon's face up the home straight kind of said it all. I loved it.
2: Oh, and well, I can imagine that you, in particular, loved it. Now, all all racing fans, like, what's the point in following national racing if you don't get joy out of seeing one of the best jumpers in training jumping talented horses into submission? I mean, because I understand why they've never adopted these tactics. So, he was a horse that used to be keen and then he ran up that sequence being held up that uh, ultimately ended in, in a, in a winning, winning the arc but his greatest weapon is his jumping and the best way to use that weapon is out in front but I mean this this was a ballsy show wasn't it I mean he was ranked in, in in Kempton, so to then decide maybe they were at their wits end of course to then decide right I'll tell you what we're going to do we're just going to let him have his head and he relaxed beautifully in front just jump from fence to fence I mean Newbury's a tough jumping track and uh, it, it, it was just superb stuff. Like Boot Hill, okay, maybe has an inflated rating of 158, got, got it in the handicaps. I take that point. But he was giving him two pounds and he hadn't beaten all ends up two fences out. I mean, this horse really does add, a, add a, an extra dimension to the champion chase because, like, if you were interested in, a, in an each way bet, now, Betfair top price of 10 to 1, not NRNB, I'll, I'll grant you that. But I. Do, I don't think, I, I think they will go for the champion chase, so I don't think you need to worry about the Ryanair entry. I mean, are there going to be eight runners in the Ryanair? Maybe. Um, the competition for the lead, I suppose, you could have editor to keep gentlemen to meet Will they even run. Um, Elixir, the nuts will run. He might want to get on with it. But whatever happens, Edward Stone is going to go the pace he's comfortable at now. That pace that he went to Newbury at the weekend. And just zipping around those bends on, on the old course against a couple of horses who do have occasional jump and frailties, he could put them in trouble. Like it looks a it looks a really good each way better around eight and 10 to one.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. Do you, do you concur with that TC? You're sort of slightly nodding away there. I can't it's a nod or a shake, but it's some opinion.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I top brush 10s uh, is, is a bit too big. It, it compares very favourably with exchange win only price. So the shape of the each way market uh, suggests 10s is is too big. Um, it's by default, really, isn't it? I mean, as Brendan said, what's going to rock up? You'd be you'd be struggling to get eight there. You've got you know Captain Guinness ran okay last time. You know, gentle to me, really. Um, yeah, it's I, I can fully see the each way case uh, at ten to one for sure, even if it's all in at the stage. But like I said. When the each-way shape of the race is as it is and the price is similar to the win-only price on the exchange, it's it normally equates to a bet.
0: Interesting. Uh, Kevin, last word to you on him, just because I don't know if you heard it, but um, in the aftermath of the race, Alan King was just talking about how he sort of changed his training of late and mixed things up a little bit gone back to how he kind of used to train bit of a different feeding regime as well and he's just found that the horses have really hit a bane of form as a result and i must say when i was watching the footage pre-race obviously of edward stone in the paddock and i I, you know i didn't have it on i had it on mute for a second and i saw this horse and i thought my god what is that and it turned out to be edward stone then Alan King was talking about the sort of top line he's developed and how he looks, and it definitely all tied together. He's a horse who that day, was just bang on money, you could tell, physically, mentally, everything.
1: Yeah, great to see, because he'd obviously performed a long way below himself um, when sent back up and trip at Kempton the time before, so great to see him back. I'd agree with Brendan, like, this looks the way to ride him. Um, And it, it was interesting, I forget who said it, might have been Fitz here someone said it after the race. He said, you know, Alan King, he just doesn't like his horses making the running. Um, so I, ju- I just had a quick look there for the crack um, at, the, at the last few years running styles. Uh, I haven't had time to hammer it properly, but just as my base point, I took Paul Nichols um, over fences, and about 23% of his horses made the running over fences in the last few years. Um, Alan King, 7%. So uh, there clearly is something in it. He's not doesn't like sending them that forward all that much, but um, that looks to be the way to ride this fella. And um, yeah, look, look, you're, you're you you hate saying it because like the horses, are, like Edward Stone, like they're they're top of the you know one percent. He's a one really. Like in terms of the national population, he's a really good horse. And you want to give a full credit for what he's doing here, but it's hard the way we tend to review these things, not to contextualize and say, look, can he beat El Fabiolo? Um or, or even John Vaughn, you know, probably not bar something goes amiss with them. Um, but he he is very, very good. And um, yeah, hopefully they write him like that. Um, in the champion chase and he'll he'll put on a good show for all.
0: Indeed, yeah. Hopefully those tactics and like you say, it'll be a good show for all then. Um, we'll find out in the last couple of furlongs, won't we? Fascinating. Uh, Bet for Adel, Brendan. It was as competitive as we expected. Brilliant race. Um, pl- probably an awful lot to take out of it in behind the winner. But of course, the winner was iberico Lord for that Nicky Henson again in this race. And what's been touted as an excellent ride by Nico de Boinville, but he did latterly say that he 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 couldn't really go much faster than he was going on a Berico Law. But this is a horse. I mean, a Great Wood, a bet Betfair Hurdle, rising all the time. Is there still handicap scope in him, do you think, Brendan? Or do you think it's into deeper waters now? No,
2: it's, I, 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 I'd say there is. Whether it's a Cheltenham handicap, I'm not sure. Now, I I do think the tempo of the race at the weekend suited them better than uh, in Astosh. Uh, they, they they didn't go for a handicap. They didn't go break out. In, in, in Ascot, and he was a bit keen, um, this seemed to bring his stamina into play. And he's a horse with a very good attitude. He still appears to be learning. Like, this is the idea, isn't it, to burgle a couple of big handicaps while your horse still learns things. It's he, He's been very well campaigned. My concern about him for a Cheltenham handicap would be ground preference. And maybe he was just a bit too keen in Ascot. And he could explain it away that way. He's a scratchy owl action. And uh, he clearly handled deep Brown well, as we saw in Cheltenham in Chapman November and and at the weekend, so whether he'd be as effective, I mean he's not going to get hammered by the handicap for 5 or 6 pounds, so he, he he could still have a legitimate squeak in a Cheltenham handicap, but I'm just not sure spring ground would be as bad
0: Ok, little small warning flag there, uh, TC in terms of the market, obviously the market was shaped by this old Castle de Mott who went off 7-2 to two in the end, the French recruit for Willie Mullins, all the talk beforehand, and he didn't fire. He was obviously reshod that caused a delay to the race, and not sure that had any effect on his performance. But him and only a matter of time. Who was also punted just before the off went off at eight to one. Both well beaten in behind Iberico Lord, the winner. Uh, what were your sort of takeaways from the race? Maybe away from Iberico Lord.
3: I, I think the winner's a very very good horse in these conditions. Like Brendan said, if he gets if he only gets six pounds so two hundred and forty, I think he'll be very very competitive in any any handicap company. Um, I wouldn't be. I'm always puzzled by all these these handicap prices for the festival. We, we haven't even got the entries for any handicaps till February the 20th. So it's the ultimate tracker system, isn't it? I mean, like people just like very blinker. They, they latch onto a horse for a child a handicap. They haven't got the entries. They haven't got the weights. They haven't got the other horses they're up against. They haven't got the weights of the other horses they'll be up against. Yeah, They form an opinion. I find it very odd that there's any bang for handicaps myself, but I think load sud always promised to be, um, always promised to be uh, a, a well handicapped horse of 129. Um, you know, they must be gutted to obviously see that, you know, that the Ibirico Lord law come on his inside. And yeah, I think you would give the favorite a pass because of the you know being reshot, etc. But so, uh, okay. you know, they. They, they pulled well clear of the third, so perhaps the handicap will, will hit the first two harder than the bare form suggests, but I think Law Lord's a very, very good horse when he gets a strong run two miles in soft ground.
0: Okay, conditions to suit. Um, Kev, Alan King uh, had, a, had a winner earlier on the card with Emmetom, who's now been cut to 20-1, to 1, the sort of veteran. Can you call a 10-year-old a veteran? I think so, uh, for the attempts, em, Emmetom. Uh, so it's a good day for him. Do you have anything to add on anything else? For the New card, Bet Hurdle, all that Emonton performance?
1: No, not really. Um, not really. Look, the pretence has kind of changed the character in recent years. Uh, this horse has qualified from earlier in the season. Um and uh, look, would, would you fancy him for it? No, not really. It, look, like it's become more a more challenging race for the Irish to get qualified for because there's only a handful of qualifiers and it's down the first four. And you know, as we're seeing, you know, a fair few Irish horses are being sent to the UK for the qualifiers, which um, which can often be quite small field events compared to um, compared to the Irish ones. Like, I personally, I think the time for the qualifying system is probably is probably gone. You know, like not just making it open three mile handicap hurdle and kinda of stop a at of the missing but, the qualifiers yeah.
0: make it so much fun, Kev. It,
1: it's not them. as much fun though when it's first four and there's hardly any qualifiers. You know, and look we we are, we've all had fun over the years with the Pertemps, but you know, come on, that's <laughs> yeah, you know, what one of the many things you could you could pick and poke at and make it a bit better, I think. And the, the in the old program. But with Ematon win it, um i I'd, I'd be pretty surprised myself.
0: Fair fair uh let's bounce over to Ireland. we are gonna cover a few other performances in footsteps of the festival segment coming up shortly where we're covering the mares races and of course we did see some decent mares performances over fences and hurdles this last week so stay tuned for that but just to pick up some other um noteworthy efforts brendan american mike got back to winning ways in the 10 up novices chase a horse who of course has the form with my beloved Factor Files, so you can you can guess that I was intrigued. I'm I'm sort of keeping tabs on this horse going forward, but of course Factor File is now shot up into the stratosphere.
2: Well, it, it, indeed, Vanessa, did you know a thing or two? Uh, but American Mike, yeah. So, I mean, he's interesting. Of course, he has a point-to-point background, so it's probably not the biggest shop in the world. But his problem was jumping hard. He couldn't do it. He couldn't make a shape over hurdles. at the top. And he makes a great shape over fences. A couple of slight mistakes at that the weekend. But it generally was quick and accurate. And really seemed to attack his fences. Traveled supremely well, well through the race. Now, Gordon said afterwards that the, the horse baffles him. Uh, which, which I called was interesting. And he said he, he slightly tweaked his training regime. To not get as much work into him. Now, maybe this was looking at his record. He hasn't. Really good record off a break, so uh, with a slightly different training to try and keep him a, a, a bit fresher. I mean, Nick Rocket is, is is a useful horse. Granted, you're talking about probably a national chase horse, so not a fact that file or a top-notch novice chaser. But I thought he was valued for more than the winning margin. Of, uh, American Mike he sort of looked around coming down to the second last, having sauntered into the lead, and then went away. When Nick Rocker came to him again. I thought it was a really good performance. It's just. The, he, so he was obviously very good. The first time he be back, It's just what the hell happened in Limerick? Now that was a very good race. Um, down in Limerick, The Warrior beating late Tom, But he was beaten. I mean he was probably beaten 20 lengths, American Mike. It was, it was a desperate performance. But if Gordon discovered something. Which I'm not even sure he has. Because he says he's battled. But if he did discover something. And he's learning how to train this horse. I mean, he'd have no problem traveling away in a turner's. Uh, he, he clearly has a big engine. He's a very good jumper. He could even run at a Brown advisory. I mean, he stayed three miles in, in, in and Whether the, what gordon going to decide after he sits down and has to think about it, because he even mentioned the Irish Nationals. So this horse is all over the place, but he's definitely going the right way. And if he could back up, if he could back up that performance in Sheldon, he'd be a lurker in one of the novice chases, I'd say.
0: Okay, well, for a bit of context, American Mike is twenty to one from thirty threes for the Turners, uh, has entries in that and I think the article, doesn't he, bizarrely, but obviously he this is a horse as outlined by Brendan, has confused this trainer and as a result he's got all these different options. Irish national being spoken about and the horse he beat, Nick Rocket, is a five to one shot for the national hunt chase off the back of that effort. So, yeah, a bit of confusion about trips and targets. For American Mike, but the ability remains. A um, couple of other horses to chat about before we get to footsteps of the festival, Kev. The bumper, T Sham, is six to one from 14th. Big market mover in the bumper for Paul Nichols. Um, this was off the back of an impressive uh, performance at the weekend and not unprompted or um, not unpredicted, I should say, by someone you've recently been speaking to.
1: Yeah, on Chat the Money Better a couple of weeks ago, we had Tom Malone who who bought this horse um, for Connections and he was effusive and uh, really, really strong on him and, and put him up for the, the champion pumper um, as well as what, what at the time was his intended debut at Sandown. They obviously delayed it a little bit, came to Exeter. and He was weak in the betting on the day, um, went off close to even money in what I'd say wasn't a hectic race, but ultimately won very well. Um, and Lucas, the champion bumper, um, you know, took took some bit of shape at the Dublin Racing Festival, but still, to me, has, has a pretty open look to it. And um, T-Sharon, yeah, not not a race that I ever get too bullish about for obvious reasons, but um, he looks a lovely prospect. He, um, like, I think the, the, the gist of the case for him is he won his point-to-point by a million lengths, but um, the time of it was, like, substantially faster than any other race on the card. Um, which is what drew um, connections to him. And uh, yeah, it was there for him.
2: Yeah, Did you see? Sorry, did you see it was eight grand, to the, the goods of eight grand to the winner of that bumper? I thought they ran for a Tanner and a Satsuma, an English bumper. <laughs> right. Wasn't it not was it It's a, a premier race day. Uh,
1: oh, there you, there you
0: go. Oh, lovely. forgotten about premierization, i not we? Keep forgetting about it. Damn it.
1: I keep getting uh, called off
0: yeah exactly that's the issue at the moment um tc let's move on footsteps the festival shall we because as i said we're covering the mayor's races, mares' mayor's oh, hurdle yes. and mayor's chase and mayor's novices hurdle as well we will kick off with the mayor's hurdle tc where we have an 8 to 11 favorite in of course losty mouth this is her intended target despite the pleas for it to go down the champion hurdle route they're having none of it going down the mayor's hurdle route and she is basically dominating the market. And behind her are her stablemates, Afro Diamond, 4-1 to and Garlamas. So, 15-2 in the Betfair Sportsbook market, 14-1, bar that. So, footsteps to the festival. We want anti-post views here, boys. TC, if you were playing the Mayor's Hurdle, and I know you're not, before you roll your eyes at this stage. No, no,
3: no. No, it's we've got... I've got it. Yeah,
0: yeah what, is, what is the way to play it at this stage? Come on. Tell
3: our viewers, I think Lossy Mouth is very, very similar to Dino Blue. Is that clearly the best about uh, Philly in the race? Well, actually, on official ratings, she's not that far clear. I mean, you've got Love Envoy and Maurice Rocco over here, uh, who are rated, I think, four pound and five pound, just shy of her, respectively. Um, I think so. Like Dino Blue, Lossy Mouth is in the mayor's chase. Dino, uh, Lossy Mouth is the best horse in the race, and. Sneaking. There's an argument, you know, she, she should be in the race, but the, the problem with enough is, as with Dino Blue, we don't know about the two mile four trip, do we? Everyone assuming because she finishes off so powerfully over a two mile and two mile one that she will get, the, you know, the extra three or four furlongs. It's it's never a given, um, especially if we do get soft ground on the day. So, I think the exchange price of just under four to five is probably about right, but I think there's a bit more depth to her that. You know the the you know the the race and that price suggests you know with that stamina. Doubt. I mean, Laverne Boy second Honey Circle last year. Marie's Rock, um, you know, won the race in twenty twenty two. I I probably leave the race alone because I think Don, uh, lossy Mouth does kind of like cast a massive shadow over the race. But the trip would worry me. When you're back, when you're backing odds on, you don't want any question marks, and I think that's an obvious that's an obvious one.
0: Okay, well, that leads us nicely on then to ask Brendan. Duke do does do you have the same trip concerns in regards to Losty Mouth?
2: Not particularly. A, a, a four-year-old to an extended two miles on the new course in Chapman. very strong at the line in the Triumph. I think if, if if anything, she'll be more effective over a trip. She she she's a mare of some substance. Um, no, is is the answer um, and. I really can't see any great reason to oppose her um, proving Chad the performer she probably should be unbeaten since joining Winnie Mullins settles beautifully, travels beautifully jumps well I mean I'm not telling you anything the market doesn't know she's odds on but I'd, I wouldn't even try and put up something each way against her because I only bet each way if I actually think the horse can win the race I and mean, I, I think Lossie will win
0: Okay, so this is just the start of the Lossy Mouth bar being created at Cheltenham then, basically. Um, Kevin, do you have anyone you want to mention, maybe at a bigger price? We've covered Lossy Mouth. We know the credentials of Ashro Diamond off the back of what she did the last day. But is there anybody else in there who we're missing? It's remiss of us to talk about.
1: I'm not right there for the RFU, but look at the, um, like, Glossy like Mouth does cast a shadow. Um, like, as Tony says, like, the, the margin of her, um, how far clear she is at the field isn't a huge, but, like, you just do get the impression that she is on the march and that she could well prove to be beyond a, a 155 mare. Now, where does she can do that here? Where does she, this will give her the opportunity to do that? I don't know, but, you know, what she's put into... Back in back into open company against the boys, it, it'll probably give her a better opportunity to advance herself. Uh, but look at it; I, like I think this will be quite a lively betting race. I think there'll be plenty that will want to take her on at the trip. Um, I probably won't. Um, will it be her very best trip? I don't know. I'd be probably inclined to think that'll be two miles, but I don't think two and a half um, will be enough to 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 stop her really. Um, like, there are some lovely, like, uh, there's plenty here that are being a bit shoehorned r- with regard to trip. Like, I'd say, like, Astro Diamond, Gallimore, So Echoes and Rain, they're all probably going to be, again, at their best at shorter but can get away with mid range. Um, you have Love Envoi and Maurice Rock, who we know loads about, have no trip doubts, and um, are being traded for the race. And so they, they will set a bar for lasting out and the rest. Um, and, like, look, if this was a handicap, you'd, you'd be making a case for um, Magical Zoe. You know, maybe even tell me something, girl. Um, but look at at the at set weights; they're just going to have a big old task. Um, getting seriously involved. Um, so look at that. I'm sure it'll be a lively betting race. I think she'll be a big opinion horse. Um, she's going to go off odds on. Zone, you'd imagine, but probably not super short. Um, and and, and yeah, the, there it is. I would I wouldn't have a like. It's one of those like 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 would like we meet many times in the Shelton Festival. Um. Vanessa, like that, she's going to be short. Your every instinct in you would tell you take her on, but she's probably going to choice. You know, sort of way. There's a whole, oh, there's a heap of those a yep. champion this year, and um, and I'm gonna, I'm trying actively not to fall into the trap of tipping something for the sake of doing so at a bigger price, um, and I think she's probably going to be one of those. You know, she okay.
0: Well. That was a relatively unexciting chat from all three of you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just
0: gonna flag that up as the leader of this shift. That wasn't our best discussion we've ever had, so let's try. I blame the race
3: program,
1: Vanessa. I don't blame us, blame the race program. If it was about to 150, it'd be a class
0: race,
3: it really would. I mean, before it'd be four to one the field, it'd be class. Let's yeah, it'd be. It if it was running a champion, it'd be a, it'd be a brilliant HY race. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, let's try ramping up the interest levels a little bit more because the mayor's novice's hurdle now. Again, like let, let's not get down sort of race plant race, um, scheduling discussions here because let's just focus on the fact that this is a wide open betting market and lots of intrigue here. And we have performances from the week just gone that have really affected the market, not including Jade De Grugio, who's your 15th to 2 favorite up at the top of the market. She's put um, her credentials out for all to see back in January, but brighter days ahead. Won really well at Navin at the weekend. Is now three to one, second best in the market. Then you've got Dysart Enos on this roll for O'Brien at four to one, well campaigned. Then Fun 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 came over to Exeter and she won that well. Small field beat favour favour and fortune that day is now eight to one. And then of course for Jeremy Scott, Golden Ace lay down her. Um, credentials as well this week at Taunton and she is a 12 to 1 shot so this week has seen this market have a bit of a switch up uh, Brendan I'll come to you first here mix it up myself uh, tell us something more interesting than Jade De Grugio's decent please
2: uh, okay well i the, the most interesting thing for the weekend was yeah, I remember we talked about brighter days ahead after Roy, and you said well what would you make of that I said, well there's a couple of ways to take it I mean she won despite jumping poorly and being too keen so you could say well if they can fix that uh, she, she, how, how much higher can, can she go but I mean are these issues going to plague her throughout her career so long the old Gordon puts her away for the mid-season break brings her back to lab, and now she was still a touch team but not nearly as keen as she was in that run and she did see a lot of daylight but I thought her jumping was a revelation she jumped really well so they've clearly been working on that in the interim and she, she's obviously a big runner a mare, mare with a huge engine um, fun 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 delighted for fun fun because fun, I thought uh, my I had concerns about her getting over to England I thought it might be like when you got on those fairground rides they say no you're too small that they wouldn't let, let her on the boat but uh, very decently they did and she's, she's all, all hard right, that mayor. But I think that the market that not that, that, to tell you anything you don't know probably has this right in terms of being down to a 3 horse race. But what a 3 horse race! I mean, I love that Jade de Bruy, the way she goes through a race, and she's so she's such a quick jumper. Uh, if anything, if she has a tendency and it's it's minor, she slightly leans to her left over over the hurdle, so she'd probably be even more effective on on a left-handed track form not a huge amount of substance I do rate that penny 100 that she beat very uh, House, but you can definitely pick holes in the form and then you have Dice Ardinos, who of course people are saying well uh, what, what she beaten I mean that's true or she hasn't beaten much but that's by design so that she didn't get a penalty so she'll be getting 5 pounds off the two Irish mares so uh, tip of the cap to Fergal and O'Brien uh, for, for that and of course she does have some substance to her form because she beat Queen's Gamble, who's a, a t- talented mare in a bumper in market raise and getting a bit of weight, I'll grant you that. But what we have seen, albeit she's been beating inferior opposition hollow in in her, in, her, in her runs, is that she can jump and in receive a five pound. She's a big runner as well. So I, get, I think, as the market says, it's probably down to the top three and I would have a preference for Jade degruji because I just like the way she rolls.
0: Okay. So we've got one nod to the market leader, the five to two leader thank you though but but a detailed look at the others to be fair uh tony I, I know what you want i know you want me to regale you with that brilliant fun 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 story again but i'm not gonna do it okay just not gonna do it you don't get that treat this week
3: i can't i can't remember what it was actually <laughs> it was just that's, so that's a
0: surprise <laughs> <laughs> that's the issue here
1: <laughs>
3: all right um yeah, I don't I, I we we don't officially get the interest for this race until tomorrow, February the thirteenth. So that's a consideration, but we kind of know how the field's gonna gonna pan out. And for for reasons, I think I, I won't steal Kevin's thunder about the penalty structure. Uh, I'll let I'll let Kev wax on about that. But yeah, I, I think I I've forgotten how good Daisar Enos is over. It was in bumpers, you know, at Aintree, and you know Brendan mentioned that. Uh, that Queen's Gamble form as well, Uh, um, I didn't rubbish Dice I did rubbish the fact that, you know, an English horse could win the mayor's hurdle. But um, yeah, the uh, the top three of the market, I think Dice at fours uh, is probably the way I'd go if I was heavily, heavily pushed. But uh, I'd probably wait until the the entries are out tomorrow to get a better handle on what uh, Willie's going to throw at it. And, or, and all the other Irish trainers, I suggest they'll chop the lots, kitchen sink at it, but we won't probably uh, learn a, a great deal. But dice are Enos uh, for me at the top of the market.
0: Okay, those are Enos, um, as TC said, currently four to one. And yeah, as Brendan says, Kev, obviously she's being campaigned so that she is going to be carrying considerably less than the likes of the graded winners in here. Um, so yeah, you can expand actually on the penalty structure.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna try and get answers on that because um, I've never cared enough to ask the question, but um, it, it does like seem massively perverse that they have this. Like this is a grade two, and you can pick up a five pound penalty for winning like a grade three, I any mean, class one, weight for age hurdle, and like uh, unless I'm mistaken, like isn't the whole point of the mayor's national program to Examine the 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 fairer sex, and you know, find out which mares are best for the view to get them into the breeding shed, etc. And here you have a race on the biggest stage of the sport, where trainers are essentially incentivized not to win graded races with the before help them so they get to carry less weight. I mean, that just seems nuts, a bit pointless. Like why? I, I I I don't get it. Maybe there's a perfectly reasonable explanation. I will seek one out, and um, I will reveal it, um, hopefully. But anyway, um, back to the matter at hand. Um, I, I think I do have something remotely positive and, uh, and potentially useful to add here um, in the in the style of, you know, the Cheltenham preview. You know, one of one of those lies that we'll all hear in the okay. coming weeks. But um, I, I will highlight the Gordon glint here with uh, with brighter days ahead. Because um, I've said it before in the pod there, I think I have a good enough read on Gordon Elliott at this stage. And when he really likes one, and I, I very much got that off him, like last October about brighter days ahead, like he he was really punchy about it, and you can you always tell with Gordon because he he has a natural inclination, it's bubbling under the surface, and he doesn't want to let it out, but little little bits of it come flying out, and almost like you can't control them, and and I, I very much picked that up with brighter days ahead. And um, and you wouldn't get it loads off him now. Like he got it off from a mighty Potter before he ever jumped a hurdle, and um, and Don Cossack and a couple of those. Like so, he wouldn't be throwing the old Gordon Clinter on willy nilly, and um, and he was at it again after she won the other day. When you look at the quotes, you know brighter days ahead as a proper mare. She's very very good, and I don't say that about too many. He said. Um, and I've been really impressed with every. I
0: like the that. I like the dramatic flair you put on Gordon there as well. Really nice, nice <laughs> bit of sizzle.
1: <laughs> uh, I always said the sizzle, not the sausage, no, they said. And uh, but yeah, like I've been, I've been watching it very close. It, it did very much prick my ears the way he spoke about her at the start of the season, and uh, I thought her jumping was particularly good. It, it was better than it was the last time we'd seen her. Like low, fluid, um, look, she. Geez, if she hadn't won, you would have been really upset. But the style of it was impressive. I have nothing at all against Shade the Grugie. Um She was impressive as well last time and made a good progression start to start in terms of professionalism. But at the prices, I, I do find myself drawn to brighter days ahead. Um, you know, there's clearly plenty of stamina there as well, which I don't think is any harm for this race. Um, straightforward ride and yeah like this 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 will be a this will be a nifty little betting race if the if the big three get there i suspect and um and i'd be siding with brighter days ahead
3: yeah i hey, well wasn't this three years ago when you had the henry glint when you t- tell me some girl at 20s possibly yeah yeah you did you you i think i think you went for a, a stable tour at the races and uh you got uh the henry glint and
1: yeah, I think what happened there, I I think, tipped there, I, 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 think I, I tipped their anti-post and because that because of yeah, that, yeah. I was going I was going extra hard on him and I wasn't because Henry can be wicked evasive, um especially pre-race, and I kinda kept going with him and I eventually got the glint out of him. <laughs> but uh the guard, the Gordon Glint is a thing. Um famously he few years ago. I think I think what it might have been his first run in the cross country tiger roll. And um, before he became what he became, and he, he gave me like the ultimate line of all time, it was something along the lines of uh, he he had another one in the race, a big one, and he also had Tiger Roll, and, and he said the quote was something along the lines to t- to tell you the honest to God truth, he's absolutely in flying, and I think he's gonna win, um, <laughs> and, and 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 he duly did. He had like the fav in the race, Tiger Roll might have been second fav, and um, yeah, he was, he, that, that was that was a that was a, a very quotable one. From the from the men, nice.
0: i like that as you what, what did you summarize it as remotely positive and interesting? <laughs> something remotely positive.
1: <laughs> the oh, guards, the garden glint, I've never described it as that, so we might have coined something there this morning. Yeah. The Henry Andy, de yeah. Mears.
0: Um, guys, <laughs> uh,
1: guys, let's go to,
0: to the uh, the Bears Chase, please. Obviously, the two and a half miles and. Friendly, I shall start with you here. TC's already sort of discussed Dino Blue in terms of being much the best in this and obviously priced up accordingly. She is even money favourite at the top of the betting. And of course, she brings in um, in open company against the likes of El Fabiolo and others. Uh, Allegory de Bassi won the Opera. at Nace at the weekend under a good ride, turning the form round with Riviera de Tell. She's now bounced into second spot in the market. Mm. At nine to two, Limerick Lace in there at sixes, Brides Hill at eight to one, Harmonia Maker in there, I can't see her winning this at sixteens. I mean, this is a weak enough looking race with Dino Blue, a strong favorite, I think.
2: Yes, um, I caught Allegory de Blanc de did well because I think she was traveling particularly well through the race, watching it, uh, watching it back at, at, at AC, and she was jumping out to her right now. That's something she does. You, you know, you're going to get it to get it with her. But on the back of an abysmal effort, Previous time in Fairy House, I, I I had some I would have had some concerns if I didn't know the result. I should say, um, so 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 that was encouraging. I've never totally convinced. Like she was out battle last year. Now by a right mare in fairness, I mean that's the uh, that that's good form. Uh, if she if she can repeat that effort, she should be there or thereabouts. If the market tells you second favourite, Bright tail a likable mayor done a good job with her. Her jumping has improved. Limerick lace progressive. But again, like I'm, just going to go three for three on the fabs here to straight stuff, isn't it? Um, but Dino Blue, whatever about the job they do with Brides Hill, an ex- exceptional job with Dino Blue. She was inclined to be keen uh, for a season over fences. Her jumping was be hit and miss, but the, this season she's hardly made a mistake. She's settling better at her races, which of course uh, would 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 give you encouragement um, for, for 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 the trip. And um, yes, I thought she'd win.
0: Okay, just as an FYI, Brendan, are you doing any child special previews? Uh I I, I I I
2: might be I might be doing two, but I've just got a new job, so I don't know about my availability um in terms of whether whether I'll be able to do them.
1: So um...
0: congratulations on the what? new job. I hope that's not gonna affect this show. You know, Mondays are a working day for many.
3: And what do you mean oh, new... what do you mean a new job? Well, I, I, A job. A job. Oh, no, I had
2: a job. I had a job. But I said to people, oh, I have a job. They'd say, yes, a job that lasts for an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> <better than that." laughs> uh, so, so I've got another job. But I told them I can't do Monday, such as my commitment to getting paid by Beth Fair. <laughs>
0: well done. Well done. Well, the only advice I was going to give you is, like, obviously on those preview shows, they, they were winners, yes. But you will also get heckled if you just keep tipping up the paper. They don't. They don't like that.
3: I think Brendan. I think Brendan's a tour guide of churches in Gink, uh, from uh, Tuesday to Fridays.
0: <laughs> what a beautiful job that would be! Although no planet watching weekend if he's going to move out there. For
1: and for prison, would you you would make a great tour guide? Now I go on that tour. I, I wouldn't care where we're going or what you were took. Right, you were giving me a guide too. But I, I think you'd be a good guide to, to whatever the task was. At hand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like, hand Well, this is hugely encouraging because my new job is working as a tour guide. So let's, <laughs> there you <there we> go. <laughs> I that you're all correct.
0: Lovely. <laughs> go on. You're such a mystery, Brendan. I always feel like after a conversation with you, there's more questions than answers. Like I have more questions, but we are in the middle of the footsteps of the predicament, so I'm gonna plow on.
1: Fortunately,
0: yes, fortunately
1: that for that you. One. Um Kev Blake, can NVP Dino Blue? Yeah. Rob It's same again. Like, like she should be in the champion she should be in the champion chase. She's good enough. I know El Fabiola got her the last day, but um, we know what El Fabiolo's like, and it just it just doesn't give me any impression of being a two and a half miler. But look, when you when you come down in company, you can get away with things, and it, it it's one of those. You know, is there something good enough to to dr- to drag her into the trenches there and expose any potential um, issues at the trip? I don't know if there is. But she's very very good. She's very good. Um, I really and they've taken her out of the champion chase as well. Which and look, we we fully we fully get it, but. A um, little bit like Lossie like She she is a bit too good for this, really. Um, but again, there'll be loads of people that'll want to take her on closer to the time for the exact same reasons they'll take on Lassie Um But again, in an effort to keep it simple and not get too stressed about half a mile either way, she is the best horse and the best horse by a margin for me. By a bigger margin than Lassie Mouth is the best horse in the mare. So um, on we go.
0: Okay, well... TC, then, final word to you on this section of the show in regards to Dino Blue. Obviously, you flagged up the fact that at the prices, the trip was a concern in regards to Lossy Mouth. At the prices, is the trip a concern in regards to Dino Blue here?
3: Yeah, I think the only way to play it is on the day, isn't it? You want to stick in and in running late. Um, so, I can't tell you to do anything now. I mean, the way I would play it now, if I was going to do maybe... There is a bit of opposition to her on the exchange. I think she's around about six to four mark as opposed to the, the even money with the sports book. And I can see where the opposition comes from, but I think it's a very boring. I'm sorry, but I think it's more of an, if you want to repose her, probably be in running in the final couple of over the couple of uh, last couple of fences. Okay.
0: Uh, that wraps up then, footsteps to the festival.
3: Quick back um... to Vanessa,
1: just on the subject, given the nature <laughs> of the conversation we've just had. Um, what do what do what does the panel think of this um, William Mullins versus Britain in terms of number of winners? That's priced up around um, like like a match at the minute. I wouldn't go with it. I'd, I'd back Britain. I think
0: I'd back Britain. I'd back Britain as well.
1: Yeah, I think the hand the handicaps are I would now. I've been I would like the boy to cries wolf for the last couple of years now. But I do think the balance is is I think that the British will win. A, a, a good packet of handicaps, which will make Woody's job a little bit more difficult. But, jeez um, mm-hmm. it's some array of out of fabs he has, isn't it? Do you have the what is the bet- betting on that currently? Kev, do you have it in front of oh, you? It's, it's a match, essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, like, even ish.
0: That's depressing. <laughs>
1: But but a good market for someone to come up
2: with uh, a bit of, a bit of imagination because evens is the greatest price of all. It's like betting with an Australian. Everything's like, everything's evens with an Australian, What's <laughs> <it>. oh. <laughs> uh, Who was
3: that Irish? Who was it? You know when what when it was called? Was it the Press Free couple where like Oh yeah. Who was who was that Irish geezer who did it with Phil Tufton Was it Hector? Yeah, Hector. Hector, Hector oh God, Yes, indeed. Yeah, a radio guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he 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 has the most popular podcast in Ireland and uh, a radio television presenter. Big racing fan, genuinely like, and, um, far far more knowledgeable than he might give you the impression. In fairness to him, but yeah, he, he got he got a good gig there, didn't
0: he? I <laughs> met Actually, him. Yeah. I met him at Cheltenham that year. I think I balked into him and met him. He seemed like a thoroughly nice guy.
1: Yeah, poor Tuffers. he got an
0: absolute hospital pass there, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that was a shocker. That was a shocker.
3: I saw. Phil Chapman was being, uh, being replaced by a Jermaine genius this year, so all is not lost.
0: God, <laughs> Come God, I just love that, don't you? This is just, just <laughs> the last thing,
2: Vanessa, I know you don't want to do many segments, but did you know that Hector Huckabon, Dylan Moran,
1: <laughs> and Tommy Tiernan all went to school together? Isn't that correct? At the same time, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: imagine. Well, I don't know who any of those people are. I don't know. You don't know Tommy
1: Tiernan? Oh, wow. No. Yeah, probably, probably quite an Irish phenomenon, in fairness. Yeah, a very, an Irish comedian, TV presenter. Um, yeah, but Dylan Moran is just a comedy phenomenon. He's the funniest man in the world. So
0: I'm very bad with famous people's names. They're just people to me.
1: Yeah, well, we, we, we always like to give our, our listeners and the viewers a bit of a steer. If you're, if you're British and you don't know who Tommy Tiernan is, he does this talk show every week in Ireland where he doesn't know who the guest is before they walk out. Oh, that's and, clever. and so like, and obviously some of the times they're obviously famous people, most of the time he'll know who they are and know where to go. But sometimes he has no idea, like no idea who they are. And he has to kind of start like, hello, <laughs> how
0: are you? That's so clever. If, if oh, I like
1: up, If you look up Tommy the show and Roy Keane, I listened to it myself there recently. It was from a little while back, but it was, it was very good, a good, good a good watch.
0: Okay, well, we've gone off course there, but that makes up for basically we, we, a week we, back. We've very little on the
1: mixed race. So, <laughs> give him a good tip on content. <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: on content. Uh, let's talk about a couple of news stories, guys, to wrap the show up before Barry all jumps on there and bolts <laughs> the sword. Um, this one was a shocker, right? Kev, you threw this story into the group. So, this is the former police officer, Michael Stanley, who's being charged. With defrauding thousands of investors into a failed racing and betting syndicate. Now, the Racing Post have done an article on this, and the details are on there in regards to Michael Stanley, who was a sergeant for Kent Police. And then he set up Lay Easy Racing, um, which is basically uh, it needs, it's sort of back in 2010. Um, it was a hobby to start with, it then involved family and friends. The group expanded in 2012, it had 6,000 members. But crucially, um, it's been revealed that creditors were owed 158.7 million. Million.
1: English pounds.
0: English pounds. 158.7 million English pounds. Apparently, Stanley was basically operating a Ponzi scheme um, with the funds that he's defrauded. And it was on the Daily Mail, that the article that you sent in, Kevin, uh, that had much more detail and really sad, sad, I mean, as with all of these fraud cases, but really sad reading, I thought. You know, people who had lost their life savings to this lazy racing, who have now obviously filed for bankruptcy in 2019. Um, and this guy, I mean, Michael Stanley, just like, I don't understand how it got to a position that he was able to do this or how he thought that he wasn't going to be caught or where 158 million has gone at the level they were involved at. I just don't understand. You're going to have to help me out
1: yeah, like that. God, I'm amazed this wasn't picked up more. Ray supposed to the story on it, but it hasn't really been talked about. And the Daily Mail did great work. In this, in fairness, they did an investigation of their own before the, the excrement hit the fan a few years back. And uh, this this is just phenomenal. So this was essentially a guy that started telling friends and family that he had a system. And like we've actually got details of what the system essentially was. He, he was basically saying, if you blindly lay every second favorite in every race, you'll make X percent in the long term. And it was essentially guaranteed. It was foolproof. And the friends and family started putting a few quid into this syndicate so that he could bet on their behalf. And they'd share the profits 50-50. The friends and family then started talking to their friends and family and it was the all, like, geographically in a, in a relatively small area. But 6,000 people got stuck in. Mm. And 158 million pounds. And he seemingly, like, in reality, he wasn't betting at all. He, he, like, very very early on, he just stopped betting and was just taking the money in and operating it like a classic Ponzi scheme. If someone happened and he was telling people that, oh, you know, your returns for this month are plus 15%, plus 20%, you know you're 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 absolutely flying well done let's keep going and if someone asked to, to get their money out he'd use the the, the 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 overall fund to pay them out and it's like all ponzi schemes you wonder the the logic behind these fellas how they ever thought it might end well but um they kept it going for quite some years and like 158 million pounds like like john Dance is in the news at the minute for for what it appears to be again a gigantic story the figure there is 80 million, I think, pounds, which again is a substantial amount of the money, but this is nearly double that. You know, with a huge case of tattersoles and an unpaid bill of 20 million. Again, huge money, but this is way more. And it's just getting no pickup. And um, what a trail of destruction, this absolute scumbag is left after him. Like, oh my God, 158 million The 6,000, um, from what it seems, you know, pretty ordinary people, all in the same neck of the woods, friends and family. Like, wow. I, I just like look and there, there's of course greed is 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 a contributor on both sides of this equation but only one side was scamming the other unfortunately and um, yeah I, I just thought it would get more picked up the number like the number it's such a big number
0: I know it's it's mental it's almost like when you first read it it feels like it must be a typo someone you've never heard of they've got horses in training with um, John Best, Amy Murphy, Rebecca Benzies and Ivan Furtado so you know relatively small fried trainers. Small-
1: I, I think that came relatively late. Like, I think the betting syndicate was the thing. And then... then but, I read it that
0: that was like a front, like a, or well, maybe not, I don't know.
1: I think it could, the, the racing came relatively later. because you look up the, the ownership and like, they didn't have a whole lot of runners. I think they, right. they, he spent over a million on horses, seemingly in a short space of time. But I think the, the, the aforementioned excrement hit the fan quite soon after the racing started. So I think that was just basically him spending, finding a way to spend money and have a, and enjoy it. <laughs> I get the name of the, the the fund out there, but the fund was the thing rather than the racing. Yeah. Um, and, and again, just, just the scale to me is just absolutely mind-blowing. It really is.
0: TC, have you heard of anything like this on this sort of scale in the past?
3: No, no. I, I, I saw the story uh, when the mail ran with it, I think. I follow Matt Lawton at the Mail, and might be the Times now, but he used to work there. And yeah, it's astonishing as Kevin said. It's people. There's people's kind of like naivety and stupidity when it comes to betting and things like that. It's it's just mind boggling, isn't it?
0: So it's not it's not stupidity if you if you just if you don't you know. I don't know. That's why that's why I said naivety. Naivety, isn't it? As much. Yeah.
2: Well, is, sorry to interrupt, but it is it stupidity when it comes to investment? Now, I mean, like, obviously, I have sympathy for people losing their, their uh, life savings, absolutely. But I mean, I know nothing about money, so that I can see why the temptation. I mean, there are, there are, there are these Ponzi schemes on, the, on even greater scales, Alan Stanford in, in mm-hmm. America, even some operator. I mean, he, they, so they can get out of hand because of the way they're structured. But if someone says, said to me, well, uh, I don't know anything about money, but they said, oh, I can get your return on your money. I go, Grant, I'd invest some of my money with them. You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, diversify your portfolio. I don't know a huge amount uh, about investing. I'd freely admit that. But who puts all their eggs in one basket? And if they do, doesn't go to someone who they know, knows a bit about betting and say, well, what do you think about this? Like, just laying every second bath? Does that sound reasonable to you? I Like, there is, there is a bit of stupidity there now.
1: Yeah, I, it's, it's human nature, isn't it? Like, like I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the one coin thing that uh, I, incidentally has some racing connections itself, but similar thing. Like when when you believe that a return is being made, like this substantial return that's growing exponentially, you know, you know, greed and naivety can get the better of you, and you and you just lash in. You think you're well ahead. You're playing with puppy's money to 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 roll out that line, and, and they just it- lash in.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, just to give listeners and viewers an example of the sort of emails that this guy, Mr. Stanley, was sending to potential investors. So imagine you are some lady, you've got a bit of cash, he said that you've got a bit of cash, you don't have any idea about betting at all. And you get an email that reads, I must admit, I'm writing this piece feeling rather smug, because I know that I have found a missing link my Holy Grail that is a winning system. I've worked out a definite way of beating the bookies. And then it goes on to reel off numbers. He started with a thousand pounds, now has 10 million. I mean, like, obviously, the numbers, yeah, are just completely bonkers. Yeah. I'm lucky in a spreadsheet for the last six years. It shows an opening bank of a thousand pounds. There have been 6,733 lay bets. And that is an 86.72%. My divide. Basically, it goes on to say this closing balance is over 10 billion.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think he might have been settling on SPs uh, rather than Befair SPs. <laughs> I mean, it's
0: just like, it's just bonkers. It is bonkers. Call it stupidity, call it naivety. I don't know. I just feel like uh-uh. you're, you're a certain type Whoa. of stick to go to people's friends and families. And say, you know, I heard that your husband died, and he got a insurance payout. Give it to me to piss up. Ah, yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. but it's just the mindset. Like, imagine he's sitting there towards the back end of this thing, right? And he's got a hundred, like he's probably lashed some away. He's got a hundred and twenty million sitting in his bank account right there in front of him. A hundred and twenty million. Like, like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like Bar- Barbados is calling, buddy. <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. It's bizarre. I mean, where, when is enough enough? That's the age-old question. Right, we need to move on because a couple of other points to finish up the show with. A bit of a shake-up at HRI. Brendan, I'll bring you in here. Uh, Jonathan Mullen has been appointed director of racing and Richard Pugh has been appointed to a newly created role looking after race planning, fixtures, programming, and scheduling. Now, um, Richard will report in to Johnny Mullen, so a bit of a shake-up there, but Richard Pugh, for anyone who knows him, he's actually an avid listener Of this podcast, and he's a very big fan of the three blokes, but he is a particular fan of Brendan Duke. So be Uh, careful what you (laughs) say. Well, But on a serious note, uh, he—he's been at Tattersalls for a long time, heavily involved Irish point-to-point scene, and he's an absolute gem. I must say, he's a pleasure to work with at Tattersalls. There's nothing he doesn't know about those pointers and that Irish point-to-point scene and the sort of sales scene when it comes to national hunt horses. I can't help but feel he's gonna be a huge loss to Tattersalls, but he's gonna be a huge gain, I hope anyway, to HRI Brendan.
2: Well, I I, I hope so. And I'm delighted because I was gonna to have to reveal a bit of a conflict of interest when it came to Johnny Mullen, who I meet occasionally at the at the races. I've had lunch with once and he did me a solid in Cheltenham before around the ticket like he's just an absolute egg so i'm well disposed to johnny mullen as it is and now that i know richard pew is, is a fan of the show uh what am i going to say so i mean i'm in fanboy territory how could i ever criticize any of these ads but as you say he has that background in point to points uh richard pew he has the uh experience uh with the sales companies as well so there are a, a, a lot of tribes under a racing's umbrella so he seems a man in a good position to say to them well you can't have everything you want but at least i knew what you wanted i know what these people want and of course what what we all want is uh ideally more competitive racing in 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 graded races and it it, it sounds like these two lads
1: uh uh, will will do their best to deliver that
0: uh quick line from you kev a positive appointment essentially
1: yeah really really much very much so i think um there's been a good old reshuffle in HRI there lately. A few um, really good people moving around into different roles. Um, Shane Doyle, there, is someone I have a lot of regard for. He's moved into a new position. Jason Morris has been moved as well. Um, Johnny Mullen, like we most people in the racing media will know, Johnny, he was the editor of the the Irish Racing Post, um, for many years. Great fella has been on the communications side for a few years at HRI now, and um, now is 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 back in. The midst of the, the racing brief and Richard Pugh, um, couldn't speak more highly Richard. I think he's an excellent appointment. Um, I've sit, I've known him for years, obviously, but I've sat on a few, um, programming committees and prize money committees and a few ITBA functions, etc., seminars. And I'd always find him a, a bit of a kindred spirit. He always comes like super well prepared. Um, like myself, like he, he likes to lean on, on data and, um, and evidence-based theories. And like, we, we need more of that. And the one thing I'd say about Richard that that makes him a particularly good appointment, in my opinion, is he's just, he's super passionate about racing, lives, breeds it. I imagine he thinks about nothing else like most of the rest of us. And and these are the people we need in um, positions of influence in racing. We need passionate people that live and breed a skin in the game um, to to drive the thing forward and that, that we can hope and Hopefully, can rely on to make decisions that are for the greater good of the sport. And in uh, Richard, I think we have we've someone that fits that bill beautifully. So I was particularly on a personal level very very happy to see him get this job, and I'm sure he'll be a big success.
0: Well, we all obviously wish Jonathan and Richard the rest of luck going forward. Look forward to following their progress at progress at H.R. and seeing what they can do. To improve the product, of course. Uh, TC, last word to you on this show, because at Exeter yesterday, we had a 200-to-1 winner, Absolute steal, beating a 4-to-9 shot uh, in the novices hurdle there. What can you flesh out on this particular story in terms of prices?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll refer to my notes here because there's a lot of numbers involved. Um, here we go. We had a 200-to-1 winner, Absolute steal. and... Um, Someone alerted me to the fact there could be a story in this because the actual when you get tow returns now, it's it's the tow with the guarantee. You don't get the actual pure return. But the pure return on the tow was only hundred and four pounds ninety. And that's against the bet SP of eight hundred and thirteen point five six. So clearly there was a situation whereby with the tote guarantee they have to they have to kind of like uh make up the shortfall between the actual return and the guaranteed price so that's basically a 95 to one shot and what made it quite fascinating was that there was a student day at Exeter yesterday where there were 3,000 people in the uh, in the middle of the track serviced by six on-course bookmakers and it sounds like um the on-course bookmakers uh took a bit of a took a bit of bashing in cash anyway I imagine they've any money they took on course they had it back on bet for about eight uh, about eight times bigger but apparently that did send more money to the uh center of the course so people can pay out and it sounds like some students got very lucky as well because i think there were about 70 quids worth of win bets uh on the tote that had to be topped up so if any student uh had a tether on on the tote they'd have got an extra 950 quid for their money and it sounds like some some did. So, yeah, I think it's just a very interesting story because, obviously, everyone just thinks the tote is is the place to go for, for big price uh, returns, but that's not the case here because, like I said, a pure return of £104.90 against the Betfair SP of 815. So, um, it's a it's a big one. So, yeah, 813.56 to be precise about that one winner.
0: Was the Betfair S B very interesting indeed. absolute still providing the shock. But some lucky students, they'll have had a hell of a day, won't they? Right, on that note. I think that's about it, boys. Thank you very much, as always. Brendan, good luck with the Valentine's trip. Good luck with the new job. How exciting. It, yeah. Can't wait.
3: I just so, like, if I yeah. didn't like if I didn't like dislike American football beforehand, I do now. I've literally just got a text saying because someone I've had some big tech issues around my house um, last week. So the guy, especially as she was coming to do it. <laughs> Just texted and said, I, I'm I'm hung over, didn't get to bed till five o'clock watching that. Can I can I postpone? Um no. American football has got a lot and the Super Bowl got a lot to answer for. Okay. That's that's why I'm in, that's why I'm downstairs on my laptop on my phone as opposed to my PC. But you are a Taylor Swift fan, so that makes up for it. i, I literally I if you like apparently, I if, I wouldn't know wouldn't know if you put put a picture of her up of it. Someone said to me this morning, "Oh, Usher was brilliant at half time." I uh, 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 honestly, uh, you can give me a million goals at identifying Usher, and I wouldn't. I f- vaguely heard
0: Right. Okay. Uh, just behind the time, Cece. You'll get there. Um, look boys thank you as always we will of course be back on thursday with racing only better uh, but for now everyone have a good week uh enjoy yourselves get stuck in but do it responsibly please and join us again on thursday but for now that was weighed in